So check it out. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. I need more reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I would love to get feedback from you guys. And so what I'm going to do in return is I will be selecting random new reviews off those two podcast platforms every week and I'll be contacting you and we will be getting uh, on a 10 minute zoom call where you can ask me any questions about your business the industry whatever it is I can help you problem solve you've got me for 10 minutes so please head on over to Apple podcast or Spotify leave a review screenshot your review send it to me in a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk, and I will be randomly selecting you guys. If you get selected, I'll hit you up on Instagram. We'll coordinate a time for the Zoom call, and I'm all yours for 10 minutes. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Head on over, leave a review. All right, on with the fucking show. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. I've got the brain trust behind Hybrid AF. And if no one's familiar with hybrid AF, uh, hey, fuck it. I'm not, I'm just going to let Phil and uh, Albert here uh, talk a little bit more about it. But I, I need to go on the record and say, I became aware of this brand a while back. And I even, we even had conversations. I maybe it was Tony back yeah. then. Yeah. And Tony was still with us. Yeah. I had conversations about getting you guys on the podcast. And um, it was just at the time, I think I just could not see the role of 24 seven in the micro gym space at that time. And you guys were obviously seeing what I couldn't and you guys had the vision for it. And I believe now your services and what you guys allow I me, mean, you guys work with clients of mine, like, I mean, altitude athletics. And I mean, plenty of other clients are using your services that I work with. And I think it's, um, I think it's the perfect time to be discussing creating a 24 seven access or even some kind of open gym level access, you know, um, opportunities for these gyms so fellas uh i apologize for my my lack of foresight in the, in the previously but i'm glad we got you on the podcast yeah hey it's all good man it's, it's great because you know we looked at some of your previous podcasts where you started talking about the hybrid models and we we're like well fuck we know what that's all about at this point. yeah <laughs> so will you guys do me a favor give me the backstory here real quick and just for like you know for everyone if you guys wouldn't mind just what are the what are the titles and the roles for both of you within the yeah, so I'm, I'm Albert. I'm actually the uh, the founder of Hybrid. So I, I run as our president um, and I was kind of the the starting factor of me and this and our other partner, Tony, who you mentioned. And we kind of started out with this vision of my original little gem that popped out of kind of a need. And it was Hybrid Athlete Mission here in Wilmington. And, you know, it was never going to teach classes. It was a really a niche thing for us because we all kind of got displaced at one point, wanted a, a cool space for like 30 of us. We were like, fuck it, let's make a co-op. You know, we'll just kind of figure this out. And 30 of us will have a nice place with good equipment to work out. It, it grew too big, had too many other gym owners wanting to come around um, and kind of say, man, this is, this is dope. How do we do this in our gym? Like, you know, we had... Um, Evolution Athletics with Dan Skidmore and CrossFit Goldsboro with Mike Garrett. So, you know, both guys that have been around the CrossFit world for a long time. Dan was a regional competitor. Mike's, you know, taking teams to Olympic lifting matches and things like that. And they were our launch partners of how do we kind of take our model of just being all open gym and run that into um, an existing gym space to complement what they were doing. So, that was kind of where I got the start, you know, from my gym into the software company. And then 
I think Philip, when he owned CrossFit Coordinate, was maybe like gym number six at the start of 2017. He was like five or six. Which one were you, Philip? Yeah, it, it was very early on, five or six for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Stu, my, my background was my wife and I owned CrossFit Coordinate. Um, uh, started a gym here in Cary, but uh, I have a big healthcare sales IT background. And so when Albert uh, was, I was in, met Albert and saw this technology, I thought this needs to be in the CrossFit gym space. Like this is a no brainer. At my gym, we were trying to solve the problem of how do we uh, monetize those non-class hours, which was weekends, holidays, and almost every time in between the afternoon. And so when Albert showed me this platform, I said, this, this is the way to go. This is the future. I mean, and, uh, you know, from there, I said, Albert, I, I got to get involved as a owner, as a seller. And so back to titles, I, I serve here as a vice president of sales and, and really kind of run that front of the house um, when you think about what we do here at Hybrid. Yeah, so, sir. Go ahead. Uh, real quick, like, and that, I want to hit on something real quick that you just mentioned there. Most people like it. I think this is where my head was at back in the day and talking with Tony. It was, you know, we want to monetize these dead times. And in my head, I'm like, of course we fucking do, fellas. I get it. But who is going to come in at 2 p.m.? And simultaneously, if you can tap into this open gym market and again, like individual programming and following all these different online programs was not really as viable of a thing was when uh, back then. But now I see is the biggest detriment is the gyms that offer the open gym. But unfortunately, their facility is not large enough to offer it in parallel concurrently with group fitness. So it's like, hey, yes, we have open gym and access. But you can only use this these spaces, like this open gym space, when class is not in in session. And that's, I guess, where I think I saw like the biggest um, clusterfuck, if you are like lack of where the opportunity wouldn't be fully realized. Right. And we won't we won't argue that. Right. Like, I mean, every gym, every place that we work with. And right now that's we've worked with almost 500 gyms around the world in like 10 different com- countries. So we'll find some gyms that are 1500 square feet. And, you know, part of their reason is they've got 50 members. They've got a bunch, they've got a bunch of members they were given keys to, and they didn't have proper controls on, but it's like, Hey, fuck it. We're all family. Nobody's ever going to do anything wrong. Your insurance company doesn't like it, right? Like they're, they don't like when you're just passing out fucking keys because it's not secure. So, you know, we've seen it from, little spaces that need to run in tandem. They, But, you know, some of those spaces have two classes a day, three classes a day, because it's small for a reason. It's somebody's passion project in a place that can't maintain a larger facility. Then you run all the way up to like some of our spaces where we'll have people that have 8,000, 12,000. They may have an 8,000 square foot, you know, functional fitness gym that runs classes all day. And then they've got another three or 4,000 feet of an open gym space. So everybody looks at it and leverages it in different ways. But there's a reason that we have a 97% retention rate since 2016. Like when people get started on this and they start to see the flexibility from themselves on they don't have to be there every day. Like it's that whole concept of a small business owner fucking don't just work inside your business, like on your business, work for your business. So you're like, get your head out of the weeds of the day to day and start thinking strategically of what else can I be doing with my time to provide more value? 
Um, you know, so there's there's just so much of like them getting time back. They're not having to pay coaches to sit there for an open gym time. Um, them not having to worry about fucking holidays because now maybe they can recover some time. And then, you know, where you talk about who's going to be there at 2 p.m. Well, who's going to be there at 8, 9, 10 p.m.? You know, it's not a large cross-section of the community, but you tend to see a lot of police officers, fire, EMS. Like at my gym, it was the best shit in the world. We were in a, an industrial park. We had a police officer member. It was her route at night. She felt more safe going into the gym at lunch, catching a workout, or just running in to use the bathroom instead of going to somewhere else where people would want to talk to a police officer or maybe harass a police officer. So there's lots of different compelling reasons of why people like this, no matter if it's a huge gym or a small gym. A hundred percent. And I'll, I just experienced um, one of your clients and honestly, one of the nicer facilities I've been in C4 athletics in Cleveland, Ohio. So I'm in town for Thanksgiving. I'm looking for a gym. I've got an Airbnb right outside of downtown and I find C4 Athletics, reach out to the ownership and they have in their higher tiered membership, you have access to their 24 seven. Ownership was good enough to let me pay for my drop-ins and give me access to, and it was my first time using your actual app. Like I've got clients that have used it, but it was my first time using it. Seamless, easy. I was like, oh man, this makes me so much happier to have actually had used this as a customer now prior to, you know, getting on and chopping it up with these guys on the podcast. But, um, so let's, I, I got some questions. Hey, 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 Stu, Stu, yeah. so you, that just happened this past Thanksgiving? Literally. Yeah. However, whatever. Yeah. So what, two weeks ago, hey, three weeks ago. Hey, let's just pause for a second there. So I'm just curious. I, I'd love to get your feedback on that because as a CrossFit owner and, and fitness enthusiast, Right. That was my frustration when I would travel for Thanksgiving or Christmas. What you just did didn't exist. And I'm sure yeah. you ran into that problem. So what we tell people is, hey, now you never know when Stu is going to walk into your gym. Right. Think about all the people that influence referrals in your community. When you have a platform that allows people to work out on holidays, weekends, uh, drop ins, right, travel. A lot of our folks use this uh, Breckenridge, CrossFit Breckenridge. They have a huge drop-in. They have it all automated through push press. You sign up, you buy it, you get access, you go skiing, you work out, and you never see the owner. I love that. Love that. And you're right, the drop-in, because think about it, like, too, a lot of people are like, well, you know, the gym owner's like, who's using this? I'm like, well, now that CrossFit and group functional fitness has been around long enough, there are plenty of travelers, nomadic. I mean, again, look at all your tourist traps, your Vegases, your New Orleans, New York City, Chicago's, all that, that they just want the gym that looks the nicest and is close to their hotel while they're visiting. That's but right. they don't like, I mean, the back and forth with the DM and like, well, what kind of programming are you doing today? Fuck off. Just They just want to come in and do their own thing real quick on their schedule because they're on a vacation or they're traveling. Yeah, I'm tired no. of doing Fran for 20 bucks, right? I, I've done yeah. Fran a times. Yeah, and, and here's the deal is that I think what happened with COVID, you know, with the rise of online programming, you know, getting programs for specific, you know, uh, individual design and all that was definitely a thing prior to COVID. I think COVID kind of put that whole market and industry on steroids where yeah. people are now searching not for the recipe. And that's what group fitness rep, like, sells group fitness sells this is our recipe of functional fitness whether it be crossfit or whatever it may be but now people are like well i've got my own recipe or i pay marcus philly for the recipe or street parking or chalk i right. just need somewhere to do it yeah. and 
I, you know, I, that hybrid model that I talked about in, in my podcast a lot this year, if I were to open up, like, let's say I wanted to go get in, buy another building, I would go buy a building, um, around 7,000 square feet and 6,000. And I have a 24 seven staffless model that I would install in it. Um, I've been traveling around and looking at a lot of like, have you guys seen what iron 24 is doing? That's the, they're like, think of a, a better looking planet fitness, but they're the first HVLP model that is completely staffless, not a soul in the building, except for the cleaning crew at night. Yep. And it's all 24 seven, right? I look at what core 24 has done out of Greenville, South Carolina. Um, they have another location and they're just this incredible boutique open gym model. Absolutely incredible. I look what Stephen Hitt has done over at Industrious out in Washington. And he's got a great open gym model. I'm not sure if he's you if he if he's using your product or not, but he would probably be a great candidate for it. But I'd be like, okay, these gyms are now realizing that you educate a CrossFit consumer long enough, they don't need your specific recipe. They're gonna want to follow the brand that they align with, but they need the equipment in the space. And the thing that I think CrossFitters, and I want to know you guys early on most crossfitters would say yeah well i don't like the open gym idea because it's going to deteriorate my community and i would say well what is the community you mean so you know people coming in and doing the workouts together and cheering each other on i'm like listen i'm a globo gym kid since 14 old at globo gym still today there are communities at the busy times, the same people that work out at Globo Gym at 6 p.m. generally always work out at 6 p.m. They recognize each other. They say hi to each other. They're all doing different their own workouts, but there is still a community there. I go to gyms like when I was at C4, it was open gym. Everyone was doing their own shit, but you were still motivated to bust your ass because other people were in the fucking room. We're in the building, right? right? Yeah. Um, the gym I go to now has open gym. That's what I train. And there is still community there. It's just not you know, a group class community, but I believe it is still just as powerful. I think you're spot on, Stu. I think, you know, as running my own gym, I think people lost sight of what community means and they thought community meant, hey, I have to instruct class. And so we found with our open gym model that to your point, we had three or four or five. What we did different was we monetized our open gym by offering programming for it, right? So we had a whole space, 2,000 square feet that was open gym only. And then we would write custom programming that they could purchase if they didn't have any program to support it. Because we found coming out of COVID, a lot of people didn't want to be in a group fitness class. They didn't want to have to listen to somebody talk for 15 minutes and explain an air squat again. Like there was just a lot of redundancies they found in group fitness but they still liked being a part of that style gym. And so they found programming and paid us or they bought programming to your point, but they came at community, right? They were still at the same gym. They still came and hung out. They still had friends. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think our program impacts it or deters from it. Uh, to me, I, I've always said, and like my real thought on it, cause I, I've been doing in and out of CrossFit since like 2011. And to me, CrossFit was like the, the greatest gateway fitness and I'll call it a drug. Um, whatever you want to call it, but like CrossFit led me to group class, great people, you know, bounce me into triathlons, bounce me into strongman competitions, powerlifting, like, but at the end of the day, like I might be in there on a Saturday doing, you know, my own thing. And then somebody needs a partner to group workout. Like, you know, it kept me inside and in part of these, you know, facilities because it allowed me to kind of extend what I was interested in, where my passions were leading me to what I got, 
you know, thought was more fun at that time. But then if I still want to jump in and do a group class with somebody as a partner, or just I was bored one day and want to do something different, I had the ability to. So like, I've always, you know, thought, you know, personally, your open gym members, like they're your OGs. They're the ones that you know, love your space. They protect your space. They love what you provide to them. And realistically, they're a wealth of knowledge because they've been there long enough. They've had so much classes, so much coaching, all these different things. Like they're there to help when you need them. If you want, if you need an extra hand to do something. Exactly. And which leads me into the next part of this, which I get, I get uh, brought on the calls for, you know, inquiries in often is, well, okay. If I'm going to, let's say I'm going to have this open gym thing. Does open gym become its own product? If open gym is its own product, I feel like I need to charge less for it. And if that's the case as CrossFitters age out of needing my recipe and they want to follow their own programming from one of the hundreds or thousands of online brands, how do I not start undercutting myself? And I, I share a story. So I retired uh, last year, 2021. And with that, I needed to find a new gym to work out at. The first time I've ever worked out in someone else's gym that I did not own in over a decade. My CrossFit uh, or QC Fit, which is right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, had just built a gorgeous facility, an incredible saunas, lockers, fucking the lobby, 10,000 square feet, incredible. And I hit those guys up and I knew the ownership. I said, guys, have you ever thought about doing like open gym memberships? And they're like, ah, we thought about it. I'm like, do it. Charge the exact same amount as your gym membership. So you never have a deterioration of your average client value and you'll never have a propensity to prefer one client over the other. It's just, would you like to follow your own journey or follow our journey? Our programming or yours? We're giving you the space and the opportunity to do both because the value in the gym membership is not in the coaching. That is the perceived value by the customer when they first start because their education is low. As their education increases due to hopefully your good retention, you can't still justify. Like, again, we all have a client that's been with us for seven years. They probably squat pretty well. They still need coaching cues. The best people need coaching. But is that person still see the value in paying $200 a month because of your coaching? Or is it because of, again, it's a, it's this, it's a pillar of my schedule. It's where I go to get fit. My friends are there. I like it. So make the price point the same. So I've always recommended the gyms. Yeah, open gym. If you cost $200 a month for group class, charge $200 a month for your open gym. Don't let a deterioration happen. Now, there are some use cases where I've had gyms charge less because open gym is only going to exist between these pockets of time. Yeah. You know, these three hours, these three hours, and then these two hours. Okay, if they can't have encumbered access, then we can reduce the cost. But I'd love to hear the advice because I'm sure you guys have had to handle this and pretty much probably gather a lot of data from your current customers as to what you recommend. Yes, yeah, Stu, I think that's a good point. And I think a lot of folks come to us with the uh, micro gym that really can't house a CrossFit class happening while, uh, you know, another 20 people are doing open gym, maybe one or two. And so because they can't scale that model they tend to reduce their, their open gym access to weekends, holidays, anytime a class doesn't exist, which if you think about it is a lot of time, right? It's weekends, holidays, and you know, those overnight night hours and in between afternoon. And so, yeah, they do offer it at a, a discounted, but what I encourage them to do is what you did. I said, Hey, a lot of people are looking for open gym. If they're not following a program, they probably still want to follow yours. So start there, sell them your whole programming 
and let them know when they can get to a class, great. But if not, here's the open gym access. Um, but I love the idea, and, and we've suggested that same model. Keep the value point the same. I think where we yeah. struggle, I think where we struggle with ourselves as coaches and owners, and you probably deal with this a lot, is we think highly of ourselves. We get offended when we don't think the value is in us, the expert. And we immediately then say, oh, we can't do that. Well, they have to pay because I'm coaching them. And I tell people like, hey, at the end of the day, like your coaching's great. But if you set the values the same, you're going to get people coming and they'll bounce back and forth from classes and make it that flexibility, make it where they get gym access classes or no classes. Do you guys have any of those self-poor bar locations in your town? Right. You show up, they give you a wristband. There's no bartender. All the taps are liquor yeah. or beer everything are mounted on the walls. Okay. Now, as a, I've got, I was a bartender for years. I've got buddies who are craft mixologists. It's their career. And we talk about those things in different lenses. They get yeah. the craft of making a cocktail. However, uh, I kind of don't want to have to wait. I just want to walk up and pull the pump on the fucking old fashioned machine and get a decent, not the best old fashioned ever, but a good one, a good old fashioned out of this thing. And it's a lot easier. I can just go and pick. I can be fickle. I can try different stuff. And because we need to stop being romantic about how we want to perform our craft and need to understand that the money lies in how the consumer wants to consume it. And that's ultimately always going to be the vote that wins. Now, a real quick question for you guys on this same topic then is when we look at this, I look at these gyms as, okay, there's X amount of people in your market that are going to see the value in group coaching and your facility and all that stuff. But if we all believe that there's a lot of people that are doing autonomous fitness now, thanks to COVID, meaning they have their own programming or they like doing the their Peloton bike plus some resistance training from chalk or whatever it is. Don't we then agree that the supply and demand curve is not on group coaching, but the supply and demand curve is where are these functional fitness facilities where I can do these workouts? Because global gyms have not caught up. A global gym is a horrible place to do a Marcus Philly workout. It's Correct. horrible. But yeah. the seven CrossFit gyms in your town, if they all realized that they were going to day trade on the new supply and demand curve, that's that's a different story. Yeah, it's a good point. I think coming out of COVID, what people are wanting to do, listen, I, I've been working at home now for a decade, but a lot of my colleagues haven't. And so when they brought fitness at home through COVID, to your point, now they're saying, hey, I don't like doing fitness at home anymore. I love my Marcus Philly programming, but I want to get out. Like I invested in this gym at home, but I just, I want to get away from the house, get away from the kids, get away from the dog, get away from life. And so they want a place just like you described, because you're right, the, the Planet Fitness and even the Gold's gyms are not going to service up that model in the fashion they need it. Um, and, and so, yeah, they want, and I think that's where the functional gym, um, you know, some of them are CrossFit affiliates, but the functional gym is missing an opportunity to say, Hey, we can really get more members through the doors and they might have to restructure their flow and rethink where their equipment's at and, and come up with some procedures and policies that allow people to self-service and wipe down their equipment. But at the end of the day, they're going to grow bigger revenue streams and, and have a longer impact in this, in this environment. Yeah. And I, again, you know, I, I've got gyms now. I talk about that hybrid model and just for that, uh, an operational definition, guys, when I say a hybrid model, I would be looking at, I would consider that a facility that um, has devised their space to be maybe a 70, 30 split of square footage, 70% for open gym. And only because open gym is the operational capacity of open gym is far 
less predictable. And then 30% of the space for group fitness. You'd reduce that class schedule down. You try to maximize more people. So if you're normally doing like classes of 15, you try to find a way to have classes of 30, offer less classes, but encourage and make it the open gym is really, most people do open gym and follow their own program and occasionally take class. Yeah. And that, in my opinion, that's, that's what I would be doing if I still had a group fitness facility and I was in the right market for something like that. But you mentioned the procedures. What systems and procedures do most of these gyms not think of before opening up this type of access, whether it's completely unencumbered, you can truly come 24 seven, or you have to kind of, you have, can only use it during class, you know, the non-class times. What are some of the things they need to be thinking about logistically? Yeah, it's a good point. You know, one of the advices I give everybody um, is, you know, when we run a CrossFit or a typical group fitness-based class, typically the coaches get in there coming in on two wheels and running into the gym and turning on the lights and lights are typically behind some type of panel or, you know, not in the best thing. So at my gym, what we did is, and my wife was the best, I, I just had her walk through it. Pretend you've never been here. Walk through the space front to back. If you were new, what would you need to know? How would you need to know it? And what we realized was, hey, we need to automate all of our lights. So that's a good place to start. It's really an inexpensive lift with a big value because also you're going to reduce electricity. So all the lights in all of our, you know, restrooms and all of our space all went to a motion sensor, right? So we did that. Uh, we made sure that we thought about how we control if you have a controlled air conditioning space. Uh, how do we set those temperatures? How do we make sure they have access? What if you have bay doors? Like, what is your policy around opening those bay doors and closing those bay doors? And so what is the responsibility? And so we help gyms think through a template of what we call like rules or, or really how to treat the gym space. And so those are the things we really start with, um, making sure that people understand what their responsibility is while they're in the facility, and then what it is when they leave the responsibility uh, to somebody else if they're not the last person there. And it's kind of that handle. And one thing with us, and I mean, this is this is probably the thing that sets us apart from like just any asshole setting up a commercial system or going to Home Depot and buying a quick set keypad lock, right? You know, in 2017, 2018, Agard with Vaughn, he reached out and he was like, I, I really thought, and it was kind of like the same thing you had, like, what's this niche? What's it going to do? And Vaughn honestly thought like we were going to fucking kill people because, you he know, said we were crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were crazy for what we were trying to do. But, you know, if anyone, as, if anyone doesn't know, it doesn't know Vaughn, like he's the dude is the he's such a care. I love that guy. He's a fucking character. He's a great dude to get a cocktail with. Um, but yeah, I, I can see I can see him be like, oh, my God, these motherfuckers got people dropping from ropes at 3 a.m. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, you know, like even the best thing was, you know, one of the original um, constraints that most insurance agencies wanted was if you were unattended, then they wanted your members to wear a lanyard. Like for 911, like the, you know, felt by fucking falling and I can't get up, like press the button on my neck. And you oh, know, wow. in a global gym, that makes sense, right? Like you're on a machine, you're, you're doing leg presses, like you're, you're doing these things that aren't an Olympic lift or aren't, you know, a CrossFit style handstand push up. Like they made sense. So, you know, when Vaughn, you know, we probably had 30, 40 clients at that point, he reached out and said, look, like, Nothing bad is really happening. You guys seem to have a really great process. You're, you're telling gym owners really great things. Let's make it better. And then we worked with him 
and all of his underwriters to put together an installation best practices manual on how to run unattended access through your gym. We went through and made changes to our app with waivers, rules, 911 buttons. So like all of his underwriters in that space and now CrossFit RRG with our, our partnership in the CrossFit APN, like they're down with everything we're doing because we check every box that they could want to to transfer that liability of don't do anything stupid. And we're going to make sure that this is a good functional space for you to work out in. So that's really the biggest thing is like, we, we focus on the fitness niche. Like me and Philip have had lots of conversations of, you know, do we go out and do other places like um, lawyer offices or small business and shit like that. But we both have a passion for the fitness side, just from our backgrounds and what we enjoy and our product is just molded and tailored to be the best thing that a gym owner can do inside their gym if they want to go unattended. So I'm curious, are there any states, this is, I saw um, gym lawyers, and I just had Matt from the gym lawyers on, I saw a post he made. Are there any states currently that don't allow unattended health club or gym access? None that we've bumped into, and we're in, I think, 35 of the U.S. states, and then tons in Australia, the U.K., Germany. We Hell, we had one in Carousel when COVID hit, so we haven't bumped into anywhere. Like, the weird stuff that we'll get is that their landlord's not okay with it. You know, like, we'll get the occasional thing like that, that a gym owner's super stoked, they want to do it, um, and then their gym owner kind of knocks it out and say, or their their landlord says, hey, like this isn't something you can do. Honestly, man, in 2016, when I started my gym, um, I had a, a policy through like Liberty Mutual. And I, I really thought that that was going to be my my biggest issue was trying to find insurance. And they wouldn't let me run 24 seven. They would only allow me to run uh, 24 or 22 seven. So I had to pick two hours a day and basically disable my system. And that lasted for about three months until I found different insurance. And since then, everybody's been great with unattended. And, and I think that's one of the things that our messaging over time has changed to is like, when this started, Albert's utopia of what I wanted as a road warrior traveling 100,000 miles a year on airplanes and dropping in into everywhere was, you know, just make it to where I can go where I want when I want 24 hours a day. Um, it doesn't really work in all locations. Like we've ran into gyms that we had one in down like towards downtown Louisiana somewhere in one of their cities. And it was literally on bar row. And they were like, dude, we can't run 24 seven because we're nervous. People are going to come in drunk, not thinking about it because they need to use the bathroom. So like we found all these different reasons of why, you know, it's it, the, the app, the process needs to mold to fit the environment of what that gym wants to do. And that's why our process is very flexible with best practices, but it's not like a franchise model saying you've got to mold into our set and do it exactly this way. Like every business in every fucking town is different with different clientele. Use this as another tool in your toolbox to bring client satisfaction and revenue to the table. And let me, let's talk about it. Let, so let's, Let's get down to like the brass tacks of it. Um, I want to start with the camera setup. What do you require? Do you have any requirements? What is that? What does that external cost generally look like? And I mean, is there kind of like a well, the bare minimum for safety and security is this? But if you're just an owner who wants to be able to have every fucking angle on that gym floor, so that if someone doesn't put away the weights, you can assess a fucking fee or what, like whatever, whatever you want to install. What do you guys recommend from the camera setup internally for something like this that's unattended? 
So our first question, I think, when me and Philip talk to people is, and this is going to sound like the most counterintuitive shit in the world, but if you're running a group class gym and you do not have cameras today, you are more liable with what you are running than you are with unattended access. That's right. So fucking true. So true. So like, like to us, and we tell people like, even if you don't go with us, go fix that. Because, you know, when you've got your, you know, college student L that's had their L1 or whoever's doing your group class training and somebody blows their back out because somebody tells them to do some shit that they're doing incorrectly to begin with, like the liability is now on you. Like the, the pieces that, you know, gym owners from our standpoint, from an unintended access, like the main thing that they have to be really cognizant of is do they have good procedures on maintaining their gym and taking things out of service if they're broken? Like if you know your fucking rig's about to fall off the wall and you don't fix it and it doesn't matter if somebody in a group class or somebody unattended is doing, you know, pull-ups or, you know, a muscle-up or whatever the case may be on that thing. And that rib rips off the wall and they get hurt. Like that's on you because you were negligent on maintaining your gym. Like that's really the biggest part from a gym owner perspective. And any of it is maintaining your equipment, making sure you're taking it out. And then the cameras, regardless, like the cameras are better for the group class, but we tell people like, have them in there. You see a lot of people as you move to this model as well, they'll throw a camera on their, um, they're like fit aids or whatever kind of drink snack shit that they have in the gym. And they put it more on the honor system. They may have a notepad where people writing down things that they're taking out, or they've got the, you know, the app where they can just purchase remotely. And now not only are you like scoring some extra income because people are in there at five o'clock on a Sunday because they missed a workout and they wanted to be in there, but now you're still selling product even unattended. And even what, you know, when we talk to our gym owners, what little bit of breakage they may have, and you were getting some breakage regardless of staffed or unstaffed, they're making so much more money just because it's more available to people now when they're in the gym. So where does this, so walk me through, if you guys don't mind sharing for anyone listening, because they're going to, this is the question I was asking. So what does this look like financially? What's the commitment? How does this work? Is it a contract? What all has to get installed? Do you install it? Do I install it? Give us just like the, the brass tacks of all this. Yeah. So the, the high level from us, and this is, this is where we think we set ourselves another piece that we like to think sets ourselves apart and being different. Um, it's white glove. Like this is basically like security and access as a service. So you sign up with us, um, depending on your state, let's say like the average install not under a contract with us is maybe like $2,500. As we've grown, if gym owners are, you know, they're not sure how to pull $2,500 together or they just don't want to lay it out, we'll give them four payments and we don't charge interest. Like we're all, we were all gym owners. Like we just try to make that shit simple. When they sign up with us, we send out one of our licensed and bonded install teams. And we've, we've worked relationships with install teams in every single country that we're in. And for the vast majority of render stalls, like 95%, they run through our partner network. Like it's not us just finding a one-off, it's through these our global partnerships. So they come in, they assess your building, they do the install. There's things that typically in the, you know, that you should have like on your door regardless, like some people don't have a door closer. 
we just put them on now. Like we don't ask for more money. We just want your shit to be right. Like the biggest thing that we want is that this just becomes something that works and you don't worry about it. So the other piece of this that sets us apart different is unless it's a malicious act of somebody taking a fucking barbell to a door and tearing the door off the hinges, they never pay for a service call. If their shit gets struck by lightning, it just breaks over time from wear and tear. We've had rats eat wires. Like it does not matter. As long as they're a member with us paying their monthly fee, their system gets fixed regardless what it takes to get it fixed. So that's the other part of our process is like, we just, again, I don't want anybody pissed off over a $200 service call. Like just send, you know, we send our team out, they fix your shit. You don't have to worry about it. Just keep doing your thing and just let this be running in the background, doing what it's supposed to do. So there's an initial setup fee around that, you know, 2,500 or so. What is a monthly subscription with hybrid AF costs? So t- depending on who you're with, like there is a discount th- via the CrossFit APN for CrossFit gyms. If you're with Agard or a lot of the other partners, I'd say on average, like the monthly fee is about 150 bucks. Sometimes you get a little bit lower depending on who you come in from just based on the relationships we have there. Um, and that's unlimited access, unlimited users. Um, so there, and like I said, it's the full warranty on, you know, if this thing breaks and if stuff breaks, sometimes it could be a thousand dollar fix. That's a thousand dollars that doesn't come out your pocket anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think the best way to think about it is we, we do the installation as Albert mentioned, and I tell people, Hey, it includes the labor, right? All the parts for the door and a warranty on that system. And as a gym owner, you don't have to worry about it. Right. And then on the flip side, you get a monthly maintenance fee, right? Software service. Uh, retail 189, as Albert mentioned, we have discounts through different prior providers. And at the end of the day, what that's covering is that unlimited access support system, right? There's three tiers of the support. When you look at our support, knowledge-based available to you, almost anything Stu, a member could want or need to know it's on the website. If not, email us, creates a ticket. We'll respond back to you, phone, and then we have a private gym owner group and Albert and I monitor it. Heck, I think Albert, probably most of our customers have our cell number and we want them to be accessible to us because as gym owners, we know the gym business isn't your typical nine to five, right? Retail space that maybe, you know, needs access. Like it could be a Sunday at three o'clock and the access could not be working. And Albert and I are going to be responsive and be engaged. And I think that's what sets us apart, that white glove service. And I'll, I'll end with this. So from a business perspective, this is, and again, I, this is something that I've been using with gyms when they're questioning, should I install this service? Um, one thing that needs to now be included on cancellation forms, right? A form that members are required to fill out to process a 30 day or whatever notice cancellation you have, you know, most of them have the five big ones, schedule, injury, um, finances, you know, relocation or lack loss of interest. I'm looking to do something different. I do believe that loss of interest or even a sixth category could be of I'm pursuing um, a fitness program or something additional elsewhere. You know, again, in this individual, this world of that we've kind of fallen into of everyone follows a different fitness influencer who sells programming for $34.99 per month. And if you could extract that data or you had some way of accurately quantifying, man, 20% or more of our cancellations in quarter or year two or whatever the fuck their duration of time was came from people that are, they're not quitting fitness. They're just quitting our unique recipe and they're actually pursuing a different one elsewhere. They're going to pay for 
the, you know, the YMCA or the Globo or their apartment complex, that's when I tell people it's time to consider this because over time, number one, you will get people, it is much easier for them to stay there and they're already paying your membership and keep paying, just no longer take the group class. Again, the key is how do I keep people paying this amount of money and not leaving, giving them the option to be flexible. And I believe they would rather keep paying the same monthly price to use your open gym. And then occasionally, oh yeah, I'll jump in and take a class. That workout looks fun. My buddy Timmy's in class tomorrow. I want to work out with Timmy, like whatever that fucking looks like. But it's only that 20% number. When you can identify a loss of membership due to the fact that they are just no longer try doing your unique recipe, right? Like you see the fucking, they used to do selfies at your gym and then they cancel and you see three weeks later, they're at the local Globo gym taking Marcus Philly functional bodybuilding selfies. Then again, once that number hits a critical mass to me, it's about 20%. Um, that's when I'm like that, this is a service offering we should be considering yesterday. But I, I guess on my part though, is like the way that we look at it is, Hey man, you know, at, let's say it's 150 bucks a month. You're fucking, you're open. Your membership is 150, 200. If I retain one for you, correct, you're already broke even. You retain yeah. more than that. Like this is all gravy now. And you know, you're going to retain them. Like you, everybody hears the same shit of like, why I, I'm, you know, my schedule changed. I'm bored. Like shit happened. I can't make it all the time. Like those are the reasons that drive people to do something suboptimal. So give them, give them the space and the, and this was always like the biggest thing in like 2016 when we started talking about this was, you know, this isn't a planet fitness that it's a $10 member. Like it's not that you have to worry about just any asshole walking in. Like these are people that are paying for a service that they're looking for certain specific things that meet their needs and their criteria. And they found it in you and it's hell of expensive to acquire somebody. So put every tool in your quiver that you can to keep them in there. Cause it's a hell of a lot better for you to keep them than lose them and have to replace them. I, a hundred percent. I, I agree. And for anyone listening to this, it, yes, I agree hundred percent for 150 bucks a month and all that I go for it. And if you guys who were just like, Oh, I need the, I need to be able to chart it on an Excel sheet, right. Kind of thing what I recommended do that. But I agree guys. I believe the world, I believe the fit, the, ed, the current functional fitness group, fitness customer is becoming very educated. And at some point, sorry, gym owners, they're not going to prefer your recipe. They don't want to do 150 wall balls and 30 muscle-ups today. They'd rather do five by five heavy back squats and interval sprints on the bike. And unfortunately, that just wasn't your recipe for the day. And can you imagine like when, G I know Jim, we talk about Jim owners getting butthurt. If I said, hey, you're going to invite 30 people over to your house for dinner, but you only get to make one dish. What conclusion would you naturally come to? Not huh. everyone's going to love the fucking dish I made. Oh, That's fuck at that point. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's group programming. So just accept that. And again, let the customers do what they want to do, not what you believe they should be doing. And as long as they're paying the right amount, I, I you know, again, I think it's all, uh, it all works at the end of the day, but this is where I think it's going. I think what you guys have created is great. I'm, I, I you know what, I just love stories like yours where you were onto it and none of us could really see it at the time, but I'm, uh, I'm, I, mean, I can see it now, fellas. I, I'm very, very bullish on what you offer. And I would highly encourage other people to, uh, to highly consider adding a hybrid AF, um, on you know, on you know, unattended access to their facility. Stu, Damn, I just, I just need to say after that, that, that spiel there, everybody know that Stu is not on our payroll. 
Yeah, yeah. We don't pay for this shit. We don't pay uh, for Adam. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. that's really flattering. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's great because we do have folks listen to you and they, they come to us and they say, hey, uh, you, Stu's opened our eyes. And so we get to have this conversation with a lot of gym owners. So we we do appreciate that you're out there um, helping to level set the world we're in today in fitness. Absolutely, fellas. Well, listen, guys, where can um, if someone's interested, they want to get in touch with somebody. What's the best place for them to go? Yeah, hybridaf.com. It's simple. Awesome. The guys, it's as easy as that hybridaf.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time on a Friday to uh, to jump on the podcast and, and jam with me. I'm glad we got to finally connect and uh, excited to see what you guys continue to do in the future. Yeah, man, I appreciate it.